Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you for the opportunity to come and fellowship around your word. I pray that you will help me articulate what the Spirit of God wants to say to those who are in this room as well as those who are outside of this room listening to us via podcast. And I thank you, Father, for the lives of every single person that may be here. And I thank you, Father, for an anointing to change their lives. So, Lord, I back up so you can step up and I decrease so you can increase. So that the incredible power of your word is not just transparent, but, Father, it will, it will truly change the lives of everyone that's here. So we give you thanks in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word as it is being taught in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm starting a new series entitled Survivor. Everybody say Survivor. And this series has a twofold purpose. It is to minister specifically to our married couples, which we did at 9 o'clock, and to address things in a marriage that would make it strong and healthy. And then secondly, it's designed to minister to our singles so that they know how to live a successful single life as well as prepare themselves for any future marital relationships if they desire. Now, just in case you're visiting us, we're using the first four weeks of the month of September to do our Survivor Series. So if you're married and you accidentally came this today in the second service, then just come next week to the 9 o'clock service and we'll be able to minister to you. You can still stay because I believe some of the principles will still bless you. Amen? So that means we've designed the 9 o'clock service for married couples, the 11 o'clock service for singles. And uh, let me just define what married is and what single is. You, married means that you have taken a vow before God and before somebody who can legally marry you. Marriage is a relationship between a man and a woman. Not two men, not two women. Now, marriage does not mean cohabitating or the slang version of the word shacking. So if you are shacking, you're not married. If you are engaged, you are still, you're still single. Amen. So the goal of our single series is to provide each one of our singles with some biblical principles along with practical applications that will help you all maximize your single life. And so today's message, 
will be used to lay the foundation for our whole series for our singles. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write down today's topic, and that is maximizing your single life. Maximizing your single life. And the purpose of today's message is to help every single person know and live out their created purpose as a single person. In other words, since you are single, it just makes sense for you to maximize the life that God has given you. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to two verses of Scripture. I want you to find Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. And then I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. I'll say that again. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. I have three very simple points this morning. And I want you to write down the first one. Here it is. Being single has a purpose. Being single has a purpose. Just look at the person next to you and say, being single has a purpose. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you're there, we're going to look in verse 1. It says, to everything, there is a what, class? There's a what? Now, notice it said there was a season for what? Everything. To everything, even your single life, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Watch this now. I'm going to add this one. There is a time to be single and a time to get married. And some of you all may be saying, well, Pastor, you added that. Well, if this principle wasn't true, you'd have been born married. Did you get that? In other words, God knew that your life as a single person was not permanent. He saw it as a season. Because if it wasn't, you'd have been born already married. And guess what? If you don't understand that your single life is a season and not a state, you will make mistakes in your life. I'm going to say that again. Singleness is a season and not a state. A state meaning something permanent. It's only a state if you decide or if God decides that he wants you to remain single. And you know what? There are some people that God may want to just stay single. And I know some of you all are saying, I hope that ain't me. Well, he already know you couldn't understand single anyway. But there are some people that have the gifting to be single. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'll show you through the word today that actually there are less distractions when you're single. Amen. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Got a talk back crowd today, don't I? Uh, well... Uh, <laughs> watch this now when you view singleness as a state or something permanent and not as a season you will make desperate choices and wrong decisions I'm going to say that again when you view singleness as a state and not as a season 
you will make desperate choices and wrong decisions because in your mind, the state of singleness is taking too long. Therefore, you must manufacture a mate. See, if you don't see being single is just a temporary thing, you will get frustrated with the patient process and what you do is go out and manufacture you a mate. Amen. So I have a take-home statement for you. If you can't wait, you will make a mistake. If you can't wait, you will make a mistake. Amen. And most people, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's go, go ahead and go to that verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. See, a lot of people who think they know the Bible, they use this famous scripture out of context, out of context, there's a scripture that says, it's better to be married than to burn. Y'all ever read that one? Shoot, God won't me married because I'm burning. So it's better to get married than to, get, than to be burning. And see, some of y'all burning. Look at your neighbor and say, are you burning? And look at him again and say, you smell like smoke. <laughs> Watch this, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Watch this now, verse 6. This was Paul talking. He says, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as I myself. He was single. He says, but every man has his proper gift of God. One after this manner and another after that. I say, therefore, watch this now. Watch the context. He said, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and what? Widows. It is good for them if they what? Abide even as I. But if they, who are they? The unmarried and widows. If they cannot contain, let them what? Marry, for it is better to marry than to what? Now, just because you burning don't mean you should get married. You say, well, Pastor, come on now. He just said it's better to marry than to burn. Yeah, but you don't marry just because you're burning. Because, uh, you said, <laughs> let me put it like this. I'm going to just try to keep this as PG as possible. If you can't control yourself now, what makes you think you're going to be able to control yourself when you get married? Amen. Now, go to Matthew chapter... Uh, now, go to Jeremiah 29. Go to Jeremiah chapter 29. Go to Jeremiah 29. You know, most people see singleness as a curse. And, and some of you all feel like, you know, because for some reason society has put on you this age bracket that if you don't get married by this age, then something is wrong with you. Well, who said that? I mean, Jesus was 33 and he still wasn't married and he was a man. I mean, Jesus was 33 as a man, and he, he hadn't had sex with nobody. Oh. I mean, there are so many, how many past 33 in this room? Now, I ain't going to ask you to put your hand down. I guarantee you almost all of y'all will still raise your hand if I said, have you had sex yet? Yes. I have plenty of times, Pastor. I'm burning, I'm burning. I'm the one that smells like smoke right now. <laughs> Being single is a blessing if you understand why you're single. 
And being single has a purpose. Go to Jeremiah 29. Look in verse 11. I love the way it reads. I'm going to read it out of the King James. And then I'm going to turn around and read it out of the NIV version. It says, for I know this was God talking. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He said, there are thoughts of peace. And then not of evil to give you an expected end. When you read it in the NIV version, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They are plans to give you hope and a future. And if you desire to get married, it's okay. But if you jump seasons, it's not okay. Amen. And you know what? These Christians these days think that just because the Lord, not the Lord, the Lord told them that they was going to get married to this person, they feel like, or if they're dating a person they feel like they're going to marry, they feel it's okay to be having sex. It's not. Do you all know that I did, I was a virgin until I was like 19. And I wasn't even saved. Some of y'all going, how did he do that? (laughs) No, literally. And then after I messed up, because, you know, the first time wasn't what I thought it was going to be anyway. I can count on one hand, half of these fingers, how many times I did have sex. Watch this, until I got married. Some of y'all ain't got enough fingers right now. You don't want to miss next week because I'm going to talk about stop having sex next week and I'm going to show you why. It's not about just the physical because see what y'all, some of y'all don't know is y'all are bringing a whole host of people into your married relationship when God does bring you that man or woman. Hey man, don't nobody want to be sleeping in bed with a thousand people? Amen, Pastor Evans. So what is the purpose of being single? Because that was my first point. What is the purpose? The purpose of being single is to maximize the spirit part of you through serving the Lord and minimizing the flesh and emotional part of you so that you're always in position to hear and obey God. I'm going to say that again. What is the purpose of being single? The purpose of being single is to maximize the spirit part of you through serving the Lord and minimizing the flesh part of you, the emotional part of you, so that you are always in position to hear the Lord. Because woe to you as a single person if you can't discern the voice of God and you get married. Woe to you. Amen. And you know what's funny to me? Are all these single people who say they hear the Lord say, Oh, this is the person the Lord told me I'm supposed to marry. Oh, this is the man the Lord told me to marry. But guess what? They don't have enough, listen, hearing to hear him say, Stop having sex. How can you hear him say, That's what the Lord told me to marry. And you can't even hear him tell you to tithe. You better know the voice of God before you get married because you might be marrying the wrong person. And see what, 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 what's this? What contaminates the voice of God in a single person's life is a distraction from another single. Somebody say amen to that. One of the main purposes of a single person is to focus and care for the things of the Lord without distraction. 
Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. One of the main purposes of a single person is to focus and care for the things of the Lord without distractions. And many of you are distracted. Your mind is divided. Your heart is torn in pieces. Your life is complicated because you have people in it that shouldn't be. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm coming hard now. Verse 32. Watch this now. I'm going to read it out of two versions. He says, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried. That means single, right? Hello? He that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to who? So if you are single, who should you be caring for things about? Not the Lord. Not picking up your, your girlfriend's clothes from the cleaners and washing her car and all that. You know what? That's fine and dandy if it's really supposed to be your girlfriend. Well, a lot of times it ain't your girlfriend. It's really supposed to be a friend that's a girl. You don't have to folks that some of these single people date. They shouldn't even be dating. The Lord ain't gave them access or he said date nobody. You know, because I ask him, I say, well, what did the Lord tell you about this person? I said, did you pray? I know what they're going to say. They always say, yeah, I did pray. I know. They always say they prayed. But then I ask them that next question. What did the Lord say? And most of them say the same thing. But he didn't say nothing. Then why are you dating them then? Well, he didn't say nothing. If he ain't saying nothing, you ought to be doing nothing. Amen. Watch this now. But he that is married cares for the things that are of the world, how he may please who? His wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman, watch this now, single women, they should be caring for who? The things of what? The thing, come on, say it now. The things of the Lord, that she may be what? Holy. Both, watch this now, in body and in But she that is married cares for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Now, if you notice when he just said about the unmarried man, he just said he that is married or he that is unmarried, you know, cares for the things that belong to the Lord. But if he got when he got to the woman that was unmarried, he said she does the same thing, but she's supposed to be holy in both body and spirit. Well, why he didn't say that about the man? Because the man can't get none if you don't give him none. Oh, 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 so y'all want to play me today. Is that, is that the way it is? Oh, no, he can't get none if you don't give him none. Some of y'all are just too hot to try. Y'all remember that song? Too hot, too hot, baby. Gotta run for shelter, gotta run for shade. Some of y'all too hot. Some of y'all sizzling. I mean, I just touched it. Oh, oh, Jesus. Watch this. He goes on to say, verse 35, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely. Watch this. And that you may attend upon the Lord. Come on, read these two words with me. Without, come on class, 
without distractions. Let me read it in the message translation. He says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you're unmarried, you're free to consecrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage all involves you in all the nuts and bolts of the domestic life and in the wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend, watch this now, time in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to help you and be helpful and make it easy on you as possible, not make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. See, you got to learn to hear the voice of God, and you have to have an intention on obeying. See, some of y'all hear God, y'all don't obey Him. And what happens when you hear God constantly and you don't obey Him? You develop a callous ear. So when He's wanting to say stuff to you, you can't hear Him. You know, when you work hard with your hands, you, they become callous. So they're tougher than where they were when you were before you were working. And some of us have developed, developed callous ears and callous hearts. God, you, you know, you're jumping from person to person. You, you know, some of y'all can't even just be just single without having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You can't even go three months. Let me tell you something. I dated two people before I dated my wife. Two. And one, one of those two uh, included my wife. So it was really one person. And that one person I dated, we dated for like two weeks and went out two times. He said, that ain't no date. No, because see, I, I wasn't going to waste my mind, my money, or my energy on somebody, watch this, who I was not going to have a future investment with. And I'll never forget, I met this girl, her name, everybody said years ago. Years ago, I met this girl named Nicole, and Nicole was a nice girl, nice-looking girl, you know. And uh, at the time, she was like, you know, five or six years younger than me. So, you know, I had a problem with the age, but, but she was a nice girl. She loved the Lord. She, she went to church. She served in a church, you know. And, 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 and uh, her dad even asked me to marry her. And... Uh, I'll never forget, I, I, I used to stay, I stayed with this lady named Miss Johnson. She was an older lady. She was in her 70s. Her husband was in a nursing home. And so, uh, actually, uh, 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 she stayed in this big old house. And so, when I moved to Ohio, I, I lived with her. And so, she lived on the corner, and this corner was a one-way street. So, you know, you had to come this way. But half of the street went up this way. It was back and forth, but if you lived on this half, you had to come down. Well, you know, I'm sitting there, and one day I was washing my car, you know, just praising the Lord, listening to my gospel music, you know, because I had, you know, big subs in my car. You know, hey, I was doing it for the Lord. You know, I'm washing my car. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, these two girls swing by. You know, I look up, and I, they just wave, and I wave, and I just, they went on about their business, and I did too. And the Lord says, that's a distraction. I said, how is that a distraction? I don't even know them. They didn't even stop. Well, what, 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 what happened? They turned right back around, did a block, and came back. This time they stopped. Hey, how you doing? I said, I'm fine and everything. And so, you know, they left. 
And the Lord said, distraction. I said, I didn't ask for her phone number. It ain't no distraction. Well, I didn't have to ask for her phone number because back in those days, you had the yellow pages. She knew where I live. I got a phone call from this girl. The phone call at Miss Johnson's house rang. Well, you know, back then we had cell phones, those big old army base cell phones. You know, the big ones, y'all don't know about that. Y'all too young. But, you know, the cell phones used to be this big without the antenna right there. That phone didn't ring. Miss Johnson's phone rang. She was like, Evan, telephone. I was like, who is that? Maybe it's my mama. It wasn't mama, you know. And I get on the phone. Hey, this is Nicole. I'm thinking, how you get my number? She went. And, and so uh, I, I, I could try to figure out, how, why am I just now seeing this girl when her house is three doors up from mine? I've never seen them come down this way. Well, because they used to cheat and go back up this way. And so, you know, now the Lord done told me it's a distraction, but she was a nice distraction. <laughs> I mean, at least she loved the Lord. She was saved. She served in her church. See, that's all some of y'all's criteria is. That's why you be still getting hand-me-downs. <laughs> Let me get back to my notes. See, most, most singles, they're dating material, but they're not marriage material. You hear what I said? Some of y'all ain't married because you're not married material. You're just, you just dating material. Maybe that's why you're not married. Maybe it's because you, can't, you don't have discernment to pick the right from the wrong. So when, that, when the Lord told me she was a distraction, you know, so we started talking on the phone. And so I was like, well, let me take her out. We went out to eat. And uh, during this time, I'm still, you know, that, that little voice back there saying, Evan, this is a distraction. But I'm thinking, it ain't a distraction. She's a nice distraction. I ain't doing nothing with her. I ain't done nothing with her. I didn't do nothing with her. So y'all will know. So I'll never forget. I was going out of town on business. And I was going to be gone a week. And I said, this is after like two weeks. I said, listen, before we get all tangled up and stuff, I want to know if you're really the right person for me, and I know you want to know if I'm the right person for you. So why don't we, for this week, don't even talk to each other. And while I'm away, I'm going to fast and pray, and you do the same thing. And we just, you know, and I come back, watch this. And I come back, and I still feel the Lord said, yeah, that's her. She's just a distraction, but that's her. I feel the Lord. Really, the Lord, you know, I, I just heard my flesh, my flesh, because that's when most of y'all hear your flesh is saying, that's him. That's him. That's her. That's her. It ain't her. And man, you know, so I didn't feel right. So I began to just pray, you know, and all of a sudden, one day I was praying and all I heard was this, this scripture that I didn't know was a scripture. It said, you did run well, who did hinder you? I kept hearing that verse. I'm like, where is that at? So I went and got a concordance and I looked up the back and I looked up, you know, hindrance. And, I, and so go to, go to Galatians, like I told you, chapter 5. Uh, are you there? Look at verse 7. This is part of the verse that I heard. So I went and found the verse and this is what it says. Evan, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? He went on to say, this persuasion, this person, 
comes not from him that calleth you. Evan, I didn't send that girl. Now, if I didn't have enough discernment and understand my purpose as a single person to know that it was a season and a time, then I would, watch this, I would have created a season, made up a time, and manufactured a mate and be in a mess today. Because I know the one, ain't no woman like the one I got. So here's point number two as we get ready to close. Being single has its problems. I know being single can be tough. I was 20, I was almost 30 when I was single. But being single has its problems. Uh, go to Jeremiah 2. Jeremiah 2. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 2. Being single has its problems. Amen. And uh, some of you all are just, you're rolling like the river. Jeremiah chapter 2, look at verse 13. Watch this now. I want you to put this in the context of being a single person. For my people, the single people, have committed what? Two evils, not one. He said two evils. They have forsaken me, who's the fountain of living water, and then they have cut out for themselves cisterns, watch this now, broken cisterns that cannot even hold water. Now, what you may not understand is a cistern is a pit or a well or a canister whereby water was being stored. And he said, you know what? What they have done is they've forsaken me, who is the living water person, and they have chosen to choose a broken vessel, a broken cistern where, where it leaks water. They've chosen that instead of me. And non-married single people, they tend to have broken and inconsistent focus because they're choosing broken cisterns. You can't have a relationship horizontally until you've learned how to have a relationship vertically. And the problem is you're choosing broken cisterns because you are looking for the confidence. You're looking for that, 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 all that self-esteem from somebody else when you should be getting it from God. Amen. Singles are trying to fulfill their thirst through broken cisterns. And the word broken means torn, crushed, maimed, and crippled. And if you write down Leviticus 22 verses 21, it says any sacrifice or offering was, was not acceptable. It just, it, this is the context of it. Uh, a, a sacrifice, if it was crippled or maimed, or broken was not acceptable to God. It's the same word here when he says broken cisterns. In other words, those type of sacrifices were not okay with God. And so when you begin to pick out broken cisterns so that so you can get false water, false confidence from, then what happens is you're now choosing to turn your back on the person who gives you living water. When Jesus, go to, go to John chapter, uh, go to John chapter 4 very quickly. John chapter 4. This is what happened with the lady at the woman at the well. She was at the well getting natural water. But what she didn't realize is she was taking in broken cisterns in her life. That's why she has so many different men in her life. 
And many of you have so many different things that you're relying on as a single person, hoping that it's going to give you life, hoping that it's going to quench your thirst, hoping it's going to give you confidence and self-esteem, when at the end of the day, it's a broken cistern. You're relying on a system that only God can give you. And that's what this woman with the, with the, uh, at the well was in, in John chapter 4. You're there. Say, I'm there. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically... In verse 7, it says, there's a woman of Samaria. She came to draw our water. He said, give me some. And she said, well, you shouldn't be talking to me. He said, well, I am. And then, then you know, then he said, uh, can you give me something to drink? And then finally, he said to her, you know what? If you really knew who you was talking to, look at now verse 10. He says, give me the drink. And then it says, thou would have asked me. And I would have given you what class? In other words, he was saying to her, the water you've been drinking ain't quenching your thirst. I got some that'll give you eternal uh, quenching. Watch this now. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drink of this kind of water shall thirst what? Again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give shall what? Never thirst. But this water that I will give him or her shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And then she watch this, verse 15. The woman says, sir, give me some of this water that I may thirst not, nor come here to draw. And he said, here, go call your husband. Watch this now. Go call your boyfriend. Go call your fiance. We got a Tyrone in all this. I won't say that. Verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have said right, I have no husband. But you have had five fiancés, five boyfriends, five friend boys, whatever you want to call them. And he who you are with right now ain't even the right one. Man, that woman was like, oh my God. So watch, watch what happened in verse 27. And upon this came all the disciples. They wondered why he was talking to her. And then verse 28, this is the part I want you to see. The woman then left her what? Water pot. She left the broken cistern. She left the container that was leaking water. She left the natural thing. And she said, I need something that's going to quench my thirst. She left her water pot. Watch this. And she went into the city and said to the men, come see a man. She said, oh, I've been with all y'all, and y'all might be some men, but I got a man now. And when you understand the purpose of your singleness, you will realize you don't need a man right now. You don't need a woman right now. You need the man right now. She chose living water. And that's why anything, whether it's a relationship, a job, a business, a desire that is birthed from a broken cistern, it's unacceptable to God. Amen. So here's the last thing. Being single should have spiritual priorities. In other words, being single has a purpose. Being single, we know, has problems. But single, being single should have some spiritual priorities. And that spiritual priority is Christ Jesus. Because, see, living water is the only cure for the heart of a single individual soul. I'm going to say that again. Living water is the only cure for the heart of a single individual soul. The woman at the well tried to cure her spiritual thirst with water from a physical relationship. What about you? Are you trying to cure a spiritual thirst with water from a 
physical relationship. Because spiritual thirst can never be quenched with physical things. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual thirst can never be quenched with physical things. And that's why that lady left that water pot. I wonder who you need to leave. Amen. John 6, 35, you can just write it down. It says, and Jesus said unto him, I'm the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. John 7, 37 says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of him shall flow, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So here's the key. Getting closer to Jesus makes me less thirsty in my life. But being further from Jesus will make me more thirsty in my life. I'm going to say that again. The closer you are to Jesus, the less thirst you will have in your life. The further you get from Jesus, watch this, the more thirsty you become. And you wonder why you have these seasons, why you seem okay with your singleness. And then this season come up on you. That you just need a person in your life. Or you just make that phone call from that old flame. I'm just checking on you. Just see how you doing. How's your mama? How your mama doing? How your family doing? I'm just checking. No, you ain't checking. You lonely. Amen. And next week, you don't want to miss it because I got a ringtone for booty calls. <laughs> yeah. When this, when this, when, I'm going to have you to download this, this phone, this ringtone, and you ain't going to want to do it after you hear that ring. That, that. <laughs> can't do it, Mike, uh, Myron. I, I just can't do it, Myron. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I told one of our single men this this week, and I'm going to close with this. I said to him, you know, Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, treat the, the fathers as, treat the older men as fathers. Treat the older women as mothers. Treat the young men as brothers. But treat the younger women, watch this, as sisters with all purity. He said, don't look at these single women as potential meat. He said, Look at them with all purity. I told this young man, I said, listen, I hope if you ever sleep with that girl you dating, the face of your sister come up. Because she is your sister until you put a ring on her finger and you have taken vows before God and she has said I do and you have said I do. Until then, she is your sister. Would you, your sister... Put whatever you want in that blank. Would you do that to your brother? I pray today in Jesus' name that if you start fornicating with whoever you with them, I hope the face of your brother or the face of your mother or your face of your sister just come up and... Ah! What are the priorities of a single person's life? A close relationship with God. 
a consistent relationship with God and a consecrated relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. The priorities of a single person's life is a close relationship with God, a consistent relationship with God, and a consecrated relationship with God. And how can you actually measure if you're doing those things? Do If you can do those things, three things ought to be happening. Number one, service to God ought to be happening. Number two, submission to His Word and those who pastor you. And then number three, service to others. In other words, if you say, I'm close to God. I'm consecrated to God. I got a consistent relationship with God. There ought to be some fruits that show. And I'm saying the fruit is service to him. Number two, watch this, submission. Because who's in your life that can tell you he or she ain't the one? Because, see, I can look at some of y'all and be like, "Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah, I've had people come to my office and say, Pastor... We have prayed. I mean, they put a spiritual voice on too. Pastor, we have prayed. And uh, God. <laughs> God has said we are to be married. I said, well, how long you been knowing them? Uh, for three months. When you trying to get married next month? Oh, no. I'm not going to marry you in no four months. Oh, no, sir, you don't even know that person. You don't know if you're married to a demon or not. Demons, can they can lay low for four months. You get married and be like, throwing you around, boom, boom, throwing stuff at you. And like, what is that? You didn't wait. I mean, honestly, who can really say in your life if that's the right person? Now, who can do that? Have you been long enough? Have you, and you know, I know a lot of us, we'd be like, well, the Lord can tell me. Well, who else can tell you? Do you know if God used a man to confirm who Jesus Christ was and what he was supposed to do, he is at least going to use a man or woman to confirm who is supposed to be in your life? Does that make a little sense? I mean, God loves you enough to not let you get that off track. But some of y'all don't hear the Lord. You don't want to hear the Lord. Because you got feelings. I want to feel the fire, yeah. <laughs> Some of those old school songs coming back on me. Uh. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Who's in your life that shouldn't be in your life? Are you drinking water from a broken cistern or out of Living waters from Christ Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I see some individuals who...